From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. At the height of the pandemic, dental offices scaled back and only cared for patients with urgent dental problems. As the numbers of the COVID infected have dropped, dental practices resumed taking care of more routine dental needs. I'm checking in with two assistant professors of surgery at Upstate who specialize in dental surgery, Dr. Jean DeFlorio and Dr. Patrick Smith. Welcome both of you to HealthLink on Air. Thank you, Amber. Thanks for having us. Now, a lot of people had to postpone dental care during the pandemic. Are you seeing things that would have been little problems six months ago that are now big problems? We are. Uh, now that we are back to routine care, we're seeing uh, more and more how important our preventative and uh, maintenance uh, therapies are. And one area is periodontal disease. Um, our patients who have periodontal disease are typically on a three to four month recall system at our office. So periodontal disease re refers to um, gum problems? Yes, so periodontal disease is actually the infection and inflammation of the gums and the bone that supports the teeth. So in our periodontal patients, what happens is this inflammation and this infection can cause pocketing around the teeth. And this pocket, these pockets will hold bacteria. Bacteria can cause inflammation that then will destroy the bone that supports the teeth. And this can ultimately lead to uh, tooth loss um, and tooth mobility. So uh, what about cavities? Are cavities something that um, needs to be treated right away? Hey, Amber, I, then I'll address that. Um, certainly cavities are never good. Um, so certainly during the pandemic, you know, with the shutdown that we um, all endured, and you know, we found that uh, upon people's return to the offices, cavities were deeper, larger, uh, more painful now for our, the majority of our patients who had to wait. So that has kind of created a whole nother subset of urgencies that uh, most offices have had to respond to. Uh, not unusual, you know, we've, we've spoken to our colleagues. Uh, it's quite common uh, issue that we're all running out of time. Uh, our offices have all found that we don't have enough hours in the week to actually address the numbers of patients who are looking to come back to address their common dental needs. You know, again, as Dr. DeFlorio alluded to with periodontal disease, you know, on the flip side of that, we have our patients with extensive uh, caries concerns. You know, they knew they had a cavity before uh, COVID hit and we all um, have been waiting. And now that we're back, it's, uh, it's, it's of utmost importance and urgency for a lot of these folks to get in. Because again, what was once a small cavity has grown. And in that time period, some patients have unfortunately had to consider other options for care. Uh, the cavity is now into the nerve of the tooth or the pulp of the tooth. So we have had to counsel them on what comes next. Uh, it may not be a simple filling anymore. It may be that they have to now choose between a root canal, um, you know, a fairly expensive proposition for most patients or uh, an extraction, unfortunately. So again, it becomes a choice at that point, which way can they go or do they choose to go? And, and again, a lot of these situations um, may have been avoidable um, had we not had, of course, this pandemic problem um, emerge. So do you know if there were more dental emergencies that wound up in the hospital emergency departments during the pandemic because offices were closed? 
I, absolutely. I, I, again, this has been uh, something near and dear to us here again at Upstate with our ED and our doctors here that report and treat patients at the ED. Uh, we are uh, very intimately involved with the number of dental cases that have presented. You know, any, anybody that comes to the emergency room at Upstate, for example, you know, we are notified of their presence. We are aware of what the situation is. Is it pain? Is it swelling? Is it trauma? Uh, so certainly uh, we have seen a notable increase over the past, you know, five, six months of additional patient care needs arriving there. Um, this has included, yes, caries, people coming in with abscesses, uh, swellings, infections. Um, one thing becomes another, and unfortunately, unless they've been able to get care at their private office, um, sometimes that requires, you know, unfortunately, a trip to the emergency room for additional care needs. And sometimes that's the only place you can really uh, obtain this type of service or treatment. Sounds like this underscores the need for preventive care, really, ongoing preventive care. Absolutely. It, it's a delicate balance for a lot of uh, patients in that this interruption has created just enough of a delay uh, that it has now kind of blossomed, unfortunately, into a whole nother subset of issues. And again, the industry is trying to keep up. Uh, you know, there are a lot of patients who are still waiting for uh, the ability to just schedule their normal visits. Uh, there's been such a backlog. You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with Dr. Patrick Smith and Dr. Jean DeFlorio, who are both assistant professors specializing in dental surgery at Upstate. Now, I've heard that some dentists are seeing a rash of people with fractured teeth from grinding, possibly as a response to the stress that we are feeling. Have you seen that in Syracuse? Yes, we have. Um, we have seen an uptick in patients who are just uh, undergoing stress, period. Uh, and with that comes a number of different side effects. So fractured teeth, grinding, clenching, um, pain in the jaws, uh, all of those uh, are um, things that we have seen because patients are uh, in a lot of stress, these, having a lot of stress these days. So is like grinding and clenching, is that something that we can control or is that our body sort of just dealing with the stress that we don't know how to control? I mean, are there things we can do to stop this? Sure. sure. So I guess it depends on when you are noticing that these this is happening. So uh, for something like nocturnal bruxism, which is clenching or grinding at night, um, we're less aware of what is happening to us when we sleep. So for nocturnal bruxism, we have to ask the patient um, what's going on. Uh, are they, uh, we have to consider airway issues. We have to consider sleep apnea. We have to look at, is this uh, acid reflux or GERD? Um, or is this stress? Uh, these are things that the patient cannot control themselves while they're sleeping. So we have to really dig deep and figure out what uh, the underlying issue is. For daytime uh, bruxing, um, we usually use a cognitive therapy approach where we're asking our patients to uh, maybe set a timer every hour and see what they're doing and how they're holding their bodies. Um, are they clenching? Are they grinding? Are they holding their mouth in a certain position? Um, if they see, uh, recognize that they're doing that, we have um, some exercises. Uh, we 
um, ask them to relax their shoulders, to unclench their jaws, to maybe give a little massage, but it's basically uh, allowing them to recognize it so that they can then break the habit. Um, it's not a one-size-fits-all approach, so our um, treatment of uh, these symptoms uh, will depend on what is causing the, the issue. So if a person is clenching or grinding and they do this so much that they actually fracture their teeth, will it be obvious to them that their their teeth have fractured? Will they see something on the tooth or will they feel something? Uh, it depends. Uh, some people will, uh, you know, go out to lunch and, and eat their lunch and then they'll realize, oh, I'm missing a piece of my tooth and not even realize that something's happened to them. Or other people will notice, oh, I bit into something and I'm in pain. So, um, again, it's, it's different with each individual. Well, either way, is a fractured tooth, is that generally an emergency? It can be. Um, it can be something as simple as a chip in the tooth, or it can be something that in uh, a fracture that involves the pulp, as Dr. Smith was describing before, the pulp or the nerve of the tooth. It also um, can uh, actually split the tooth to the point where the tooth cannot be saved and needs to be extracted or removed. Um, some people can uh, have, may need a root canal or a crown. Uh, placed on their tooth. Other people, other um, patients may need just a simple filling in their tooth. Well, let's talk about the measures uh, that dental offices are following to keep patients safe. Um, Dr. Smith, what are some of the infection control guidelines that practices have been following that sort of are the, in place to prevent the spread of a virus such as coronavirus? Sure, that's that's a great question. Uh, it's on a lot of patients' minds. You know, uh, when we first opened, uh, the first few weeks, um, absolutely, patients were asking, you know, what are you doing to make sure I'm safe when you come to the office? Is it safe to come back to the office? Uh, so certainly, I think um, a lot of uh, a lot of folks are aware today, especially you know, baseline monitoring. So um, doing basic health questions when patients. Um, Come to the office. We ask them: Are you have you been near someone who has been exposed to uh, COVID potentially? Have you had a COVID test? Um, temperature checks. Um, all patients coming into an office typically have a temperature check. Uh, air quality issues. HEPA filtration. That is a big one for all offices. Uh, so again, all dental offices in some in some manner have responded to try to up their requirements for baseline disinfection. Uh, all hard surfaces. You know, we we of course are concerned and want to make sure our patients feel comfortable coming back. Um, understanding that we are under some scrutiny um, for what we are doing, and you know, we as an industry uh, in dentistry have always been uh, concerned about disinfection, sterilization. It's part and parcel for who we are and what we do. So this was kind of an uh, an interesting um, approach. In that, it, you know, we have always been known for being um, on top of sterilization and disinfection. And again, CDC, uh, ADA, OSHA guidelines just help, I think, us feel comfortable that we're approaching this in the right way with our patients. And again, I think they understand when they come in what's happening, why we're doing it, why we're asking the questions we are. And I, I, th I think it, it's a level playing field for everybody at that point that, um, they feel that uh, they're, they're receiving the best care 
in a safe environment. Now, don't many dental procedures actually put the dental staff at risk of exposure? So I, I wonder if there's things that have been added to keep the dental staff safe. Well, that's plausible. That's possible. I understand what you're asking. Um, you know, in, in dentistry, we do create a lot of aerosols. Um, everyone understands that we have equipment that creates uh, sprays. Um, and again, that was one of the concerns initially with this disease was uh, we, how do we control it um, in our own offices? So there are more mechanical um, safeguards or engineering protocols that have been put into place to address that. So again, increased suction um, at the point of source, you know, we're working on a patient. Some offices have increased the uh, abilities to withdraw those aerosols. Um, room uh, filtration, again, um, where applicable, uh, lots of offices have added uh, room filters to their operatories to address that, or they've, you know, increased the filtration of their own, you know, central units within the building itself. So everyone's had to have, has had to adapt depending on what they have. As we all know, there's a variety of offices out there in the world. We have homes that are offices. We have leased building spaces that are offices. Uh, we have hospitals like ours where we have uh, our own filtration systems. So everyone's kind of had to adapt. Well, we don't know how much longer this pandemic is going to last, but just in case we're confined to our homes a while longer, can you talk to me about the things that we can do individually to maintain dental health? I'm, I'm wondering, are there certain foods maybe that we should avoid because we don't want to invite some sort of a dental problem? I think it's the important thing is to uh, a routine schedule, uh, making sure that you're continuing to brush, floss, rinse, Use your water pick if you have one. Um, also watching um, acid over time. So when you have um, certain uh, foods, you want to make sure that you're eating them or consuming them um, at the right time of day. So for example, if you like to drink soda, um, we would really encourage you to um, drink uh, your soda at a meal versus sipping on the soda all day long. When you sip on a beverage, uh, anything basically other than water, you're lowering the, you're increasing the acidity in your mouth. And what that can do is that can break down your teeth faster. So um, we like to have you have your foods that are high in sugars and acidity uh, during a meal so that after that meal, your saliva can then buffer your mouth and um, decrease the amount of acid. Uh, and then if you need to sip on something all day long, water is always great. Um, I think what happens is when everything shut down or people were working longer hours, we uh, sort of fell off our routines. So um, it's important to maintain your routine and, and um, really get in there and brush and floss and, and eat good foods. And as you're describing the higher acidity, possibly, and I'm thinking if that mixes with, you know, someone who's clenching, that's just going to make it worse, right? Sure, sure. You know, as you keep adding these risk factors um, in there, um, you're going to see uh, faster destruction of the teeth in this, this support system of the mouth. Well, let's go over the warning signs that someone should not ignore. Um, if you know, dental wise, are there things that should prompt someone to contact their dentist uh, pretty immediately, Dr. Smith? So I, 
I think in that regard, you know, there's multiple things that happen to people that do bring them into the office. Uh, so I think most, most notably, uh, most patients react to pain. So again, not to be ignored, your body's trying to remind you or tell you, hey, pay attention, I don't feel good. So again, pain can be from a cavity, as we talked about. Pain can be from an abscess or an emerging swelling. And again, those are typically due to localized infections with the teeth. Um, again, I think anybody who's paid any attention to the toothpaste commercials out there will talk about, you know, the, the discussion on um, blood, you know, so if you're brushing your teeth and you have a little bit of blood when you spit out or you rinse, again, it's your body trying to remind you, hey, I'm not really happy. Uh, there's something going on. So, again, if you are brushing and you or flossing and you routinely um, spit out blood, Again, it's a warning sign to say, hey, check me out. Um, and that's a good indicator that you probably should come in for a checkup, um, see what's going on. That can be due to a couple of things, but oftentimes, as Dr. DeFlorio was reviewing earlier, periodontal disease is a, is a concern. Um, a large portion of the population does have it. It's, if left unchecked, untreated, it will result in tooth loss. That is what happens. Uh, when it's not treated properly. So again, it's an opportunity for intervention. You know, we, we want our patients to keep their teeth. That's the idea. So uh, again, that's that's an easy one. I hate to say that's easy, but when you see red, um, stop. Um, it's time to make a phone call. Well, this has been very informative. Thank you both. Thank you to Dr. Patrick Smith and Dr. Jean DeFlorio, who are both assistant professors specializing in dental surgery at Upstate. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show. HealthLink on air.